Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, December 12, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket, not only today, but all week long. Let's start with its quadruple witching options expiration week where weird stuff happens. Secondarily, we talked about this last week, we had a very large spread between the March futures contract, March of 2023, that's the expiration of the ES futures contract, and we had a large spread between that one versus the outgoing contract, which is the December contract. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, we had a nice big healthy update today. But that's not all. Let's reel back the tape a little bit and let's have an understanding of what's going on and then we'll look at the positioning of the market not only on the daily chart but others so we can gain an understanding of what's actually happening with the tape on the charts. The first order of business is we go back to Jerry's low and again Jerry comes back into play this week. What's Jerry? Last week Jerome Powell gave what we'll call an intermediary speech in between Fed minutes or in between Fed meetings. It wasn't last week, it was actually the week before, it was on the 30th. That's the day of Jerry's candle. So the market put in a low and it closed below that low one time over here. The close was 393.16, the low is 393.48 over here. That's the closing price or the low, pardon me, 393.48 of Jerry's low, and then Friday they close below it again, giving you the impression that they're going to go down if, in fact, you're following Jerry's low, but what happens? Options expiration week, quad witching, kabuki theater this week, we have CPI tomorrow, we have a potential turn around the 15th, we'll get to that in a few moments. Let's just discuss in real time what's happening. So far, they found support. Forget Jerry's low for a minute. They found support at the 100-period moving average. Fair enough. We know as long as the market stays above 390. That's basically this high here. I drew the line in a little high. It's this line over here. 390 represents the point, and let me do it a different way. I like this way much better, where the market ran up to this point, and it was rejected. So therefore, we don't have to know the numbers as much as we have to understand what's actually happening on the chart. So when the market gets rejected at a certain point, and then it trades through that point, that becomes a breakout area. Getting back below the breakout area is the problem child for the market. Staying above the most recent daily chart big-time breakout area means the market is still in a bullish position. Now, what we were doing is using Jerry's low to understand that the next place down was that breakout area around 390, give or take. Well, here we are again above Jerry's low. We're not paying attention to Jerry's low anymore. Why is that? Because Jerry's coming back around this week. We have the two-day FOMC meeting, so we call it Kabuki Theater, because all things can happen, the market can whipsaw, and being fueled by the fact that we've got 
quadruple witching options expiration week, we should expect some whipsaw type behavior. So what do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow is turnaround Tuesday. Okay, fair enough. Where's the market now and where is it in relation to a place that it could potentially find overhead resistance? Well, let's take a look at it like this. The market is running a test of the most recent breakdown candle high. Comes in right around 400. We're calling it 400, give or take. What's today's closing price? 398.89. What's today's high? 398.95. So they basically closed on the high, within pennies of the high. So at least we could say from today's perspective on the late day run-up into the late day melt-up operation, or as I like to call them, late day jam sessions, and this is what looks like a jam session on a 10-minute chart, it's just a relentless move to the upside, no sellers to be found. So now, how do we read this coming into Tuesday? Well, it's actually quite simple. Above 400, opening the day above 400, trading below it but closing above it intraday, closing candle after candle above it, meaning spending a lot of time above 400, opens the door for another leg higher. Where's the next leg higher? Inside the number members will have that inside track on the next leg higher in their pocket first thing, zero dark 30 in the morning. Let's take a look again from a weekly chart perspective and gain an understanding of what's actually happening here without the intraday and also the day-to-day noise, meaning the back-and-forth nonsense type behavior. What's actually happening from a longer-term perspective? For now, what the market's doing is it ran up from the 2022 low, the most recent low. It found a place where it decided to stop going up. Where was that place? Around the high of the last breakdown candle in the sequence on the weekly chart. Funny how that works. And now it's pulling back. So a couple of things that we need to make note of. A, it was not really rejected. It stalled. It's pulling back. And in the sense of a weekly chart, it's basically going sideways above the 20-period moving average in the upper range of this move from low to high. So that's not really a rejection in my mind. And here's the way we'll read it from a weekly chart perspective. We can say that if they get on a weekly close above 405, the weekly candle high, the breakdown candle high is 404.93, so we'll call it 405. They start pushing above 405, close the week above 405, you're in for an end-of-the-year rally likely story. What if they run a test of 405 this week with all this stuff going on? Do you think that would be bona fide overhead resistance? And the answer is, yes, it would. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Let's take a look at a 240 chart, get a different perspective. We'll talk about some things we just talked about, but looking at it from the 240 chart perspective, here's the same number. The high is 400. It's 399.99. It's 400. Okay? If they get above, they're going to start pushing to where? Well, to get inside the next big breakdown candle in the sequence on the 240 chart, that high is, oh, look, 
404.93, the same number we just talked about from the weekly chart perspective. So just from a logical standpoint, let's say the bulls are in control for another day or two. Where are they going? They're going to 405. Let's say they're not in control. Let's say they find overhead resistance and the bears take over control, for example, on turnaround Tuesday. What's the reason? The reason is they ran into what? Yeah, you got it, 400. Put this stuff on a sticky note. And by the way, what's a secret number? A secret number, it's not really a secret. I'm calling it a secret for the purposes of entertainment, but this is by no means entertainment. An other number is what's called a midpoint. So whether we're talking about Fibonacci numbers, whether we're talking about two important numbers, you'll find the market settle in or be attracted to and even find overhead resistance at the midpoint, which is simply the halfway point between two numbers. So let's just say for argument's sake, the market begins to spike up on Tuesday on the CPI, whatever. Doesn't make any difference. Write this on a third sticky note. 402.50 and circle it. They're likely to find overhead resistance, whether it's long-standing or short-term, at 402.50. Remember, that's a secret number. Don't tell anybody. What happened inside the numbers? Was there a bona fide trade for profitability today? Well, the answer is yes, and let's find out where it was and why it was. And oh, by the way, what it was. So early on at zero dark 30, we're talking about Jerry's low. We talked about that already. So we'll fast forward a little bit to get into the numbers. What are the magnetic numbers that will attract price traveling in the northern direction? Well, the first order of business will to get to and recapture 395. Above 395.50 on candle closes is another leg higher. That's the ticket to bolt on another leg higher. We'll talk about that in real time. We'll talk about it later, which you'll see later in the notes where that was. And by the way, they even went higher, but we still had that number, A, from last week, and B, it's still on the board down below in the support and resistance numbers. What about the other side? And here's where it gets important. I have to explain this. I explain it all the time. You need to have it sink in to understand why the trade existed. What about the other side? Like getting back below 393.50. Now, A, for starters, there was a gap left open from Friday down there, a little bit lower than that. Sometimes they come up short, hint. Sometimes they spike them through, hint. Sometimes they hit them on the button, but that's rare. The door will open for a run to and test of 392. So that's what would have happened if they had somewhat of a flush lower, but they didn't do that. So we'll go up a little bit and see what happened as the day starts to get underway. So here's what we're saying at 921 before the opening bell rings. Here's the way it works this morning. 395.50 is important on the upside. If above on candle closes or just a morning push, they'll go for 396.50 or more. They did that at the end of the day, but this is the morning stuff. We're looking for the juicy morning trade. Here it is. The aggressive buy is a spike of Friday's close at 393.30, give or take. A spike of 393 would be convenient. It's a give or take. 393.30 is the give or take. We're looking for a bounce back in the other direction. We think better in pictures. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 393.30 is the horizontal line at the bottom. The low of day 
was 393.41. That's the give of the give and take part. This was posted as the morning trade before the opening bell. 940, they're basically in showtime zone. 937, still should be support for a bounce around 393.30 down to 393. All give or take starts as a scalp with potential. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. If you're interested in this stuff from an intraday perspective, you'll read the notes, you'll take the time to understand if it was for you. My job is to show you that this stuff works. We have the numbers, the majority, the lion's share of the majority of the time. How about stocks on the move? We had two that hit its price objective today, LEG and RH. RH didn't work so much. We're going to take a look at it in a moment. Here's a 15-minute chart of RH, and you can see here, while it bantered back and forth in the first couple of minutes of trading, tried to give you the trade early on, it broke down, came into the third number. Look at this. It hit it on the nose. The low was 255.93 against 255.93 on the board as the third entry, tried to bounce, and then it failed. So this one turned out to be somewhat of a little bit of a shit burger. This goes into the camp of we're not going to win every trade. This is a big price stock. So while it looks like big numbers, when you whittle it down to a lower price stock, it's the same as the all the rest. LEG, Legged and Platt, 3303, came in, spiked it, rallied up, gave you the trade, gave you a second bite at the apple if you wanted it. I don't do that. Other traders do do that. So as long as they're staying above the important number, then it's the bulls are in control type of situation. No different than we see in the SPY or anything else. Below a number, the attraction is going to be to the next number down south. Above a number, the attraction is going to be up north to the next number. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, a healthy 1% plus up day. However, may I remind you that it's in a different position on the chart than is the S&P 500. S&P 500 back above the 20-period moving average, even if it's temporary, at least today. This is the information we have stayed above the 100-period moving average. The IWM ran a test of the last moving average in the line of defense on the daily chart. The 50-period moving average below the 100-period is in a weaker position on the chart. Even on the weekly chart, you'll notice that, again, last line of defense in terms of moving average business is the 200, and they're fighting it. They closed the week below last week, and now they're temporarily, at least intra-week, back above. So this is in a different position than the S&P. Remember, it is my favorite market-leading indicator. Now look at this. So we've got high, lower high. These are important pivots. Lower high, even this one is an important pivot. And here, we still have a lower high. Now, they can make another higher high over here if they want, if they will, over the next couple of weeks in an end-of-the-year rally. However, right now, that's not what happened. And last week, they put in a breakdown candle. That's a signal that while they can climb up the breakdown candle somewhat, they've created a area, an area, of overhead resistance by creating the breakdown candle. So theoretically, that's going to want to push price lower over time. Now, they can have a sideways move in a bearish, flaggish kind of formation, maybe a bearish, wedgish formation. And here's the number that's important 
for the IWM. If they can start pushing above 184, that's going to potentially light a match for another leg higher for the bull case. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine, held up and provided support from the 100 period moving average people. And check this out, took a peak, didn't really get down to the lows, but took a peak toward the low of the weekly chart breakup candle. The low is quite a bit away, but look where they got stopped. The 20-week moving average, so that makes some sense in terms of why would they stop where they did. Well, when you look at the weekly chart, well, you see it loud and clear, which happened to be at the same place as the daily chart, 100-period moving average. And oh, by the way, daily chart, breakup candle low. The low was 13.751 and change. Don't believe they ever closed below that. No, they did not. They closed above it each and every day. It held, and they had a rip-roaring rocket ride back up in the other direction today. Where are they headed? Well, likely to run a test of the last breakdown candle high in the sequence, right up here, 14 and a half, give or take, something over in this neighborhood, if they can get above this 20-period moving average. Funny how this works. By the way, write this on a sticky note. Let's say the market has a rally. We have, whether it's an end-of-the-year rally, whether it's a December rally, whatever it is. Let's say they have a rally and they start going higher. Where do the transports want to go? What's the magnetic place that's going to attract the market if they go on a run? How about 15,250? Put that one on a sticky note and smoke it. What about the Q people? Remember the Qs? They were a leading indicator for the bull case, not having ever closed below their breakup candle low, Jerry's low, and look what's going on here. Resistance will be the last breakdown candle high in the sequence, 287.60 and change. Remember, quadruple witching and any options, regular way, options expiration week and weird stuff happens. Don't rule out a big time rally. They can goose the market on a CPI number. We don't even know what the number is going to be. We don't care. It's what the market does in reaction to the number. If the number is perceived as maybe pushing the Fed into a dovish slash easing type of situation or easing from rising interest rates, slow down the rise of interest rates, that could have a goose effect on the market. And conversely, you can have a turnaround Tuesday, they can pull the rug out on the same CPI number. So we'll see what happens at 0830 in the morning. What about the financials in terms of the XLF hanging around 35? They had a nice little dipsy doodle over the last several trading sessions. It's almost like the financials are concerned with what's coming with the Fed. I would suspect the financials will be volatile on Wednesday with the Fed Kabuki Theater FOMC interest rate announcement and then the following press conference by Jerry. The XLF's got some unfinished business down south, around 34 and even lower. Sticky note worthy. Another leading indication for the bull case, the semiconductor space, which is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole, they never closed below Jerry's low, and here they are riding up again. So when you look at this and you say, well, let's forget about Jerry's low, what's going on here? This is a range. 
This is a channel. They're going back and forth, and we can make the case in other markets too. I'm just using this chart as the example. So if they break out of the upside, there's another leg higher. If they hit the upside and find overhead resistance, they can start to trend back lower. But that's all that's going on here. It's a big up and down channel over the last several weeks. That's it. Which, oh, by the way, when looked at in a different formation, is a bull flag pattern on the weekly chart setting up to run into what? How about 245? Put that on a sticky note and smoke that one too. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.